Hello everyone and welcome back for another edition of Inside Telecom Careers. I'm your host, Carla Macias. I'm also joined with the Editorial Director and CEO of RCR Wireless News. Inside Telecom Careers is the show that is spotlighting the men, the women, the companies, and the career opportunities associated with technology company funding announcements and public offerings. In case you missed last week's show, we covered the topics CWA, telecom training, and TIRAP. When we return, we'll be getting updates on the Verizon Union negotiation and the National Wireless Safety Alliance. Nexius, accelerating network and business transformation. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Jeff, before we introduce our guest for today's show, why don't you give us your thoughts on the Verizon Union negotiation? Well, I appreciate that, Carla. The bottom line is CWA and the IBW, they did not go on strike against Verizon Communications, which is the wireline business of Verizon, not the wireless division. And um, some of the key negotiating points in around uh, pay uh, benefits and training allowances. Um, I think the, the big thing for our readers to, to think about is that the uh, small cell deployments are going to rely heavily on fiber, which is typically work done by the union in major markets. So uh, as, as the business case in small cells, um, the carriers are trying to get their arms around the, the, business, the business model. And with the unions in place, the costs are going to rise. So I think that's something really important for our readers to think about. Uh, so in summary, the bottom line is mobile operator costs are rising, uh, the need for fiber techs, tower climbers, which we're going to talk a little bit about in a minute, and project managers are in high demand. I think one of the other uh, key elements of the negotiation, and we're going to hear a video clip in just a minute before we jump into our call with uh, Todd and Chuck, is that the, the uh, union is actually trying to unionize Verizon Wireless. So let's cut over and, and listen to Chuck Shelton, who is the president of New York City's uh, CWA group. Let's take a look. And in it was this ad. It's pretty amazing. I'm sure all, a lot of you have seen this ad. It says, outstanding compensation, high quality health care benefits, excellent retirement benefits, $8,000 annual tuition assistance, paid military leave, 10,000 adoption assistance, volunteering incentives and matching gifts, career development opportunities. And then it says, we could list more reasons why it's great to work at Verizon's, but we need a, we'd need a bigger ad. But let me tell you, as I said, I've been involved in Verizon bargaining for a long time. And every one of these things, I don't remember once when the company came to us at a bargaining table and said, hey, we'd like to give you outstanding compensation. <laughs> Would you guys agree? I don't, I don't remember them coming to us and saying, we'd like to give you high quality health care benefits. Would you guys agree to that? Besides all of the landline folks, that are out here today and the wireless folks and the IBEW and CWA folks who are here. We're also bargaining contracts for brand new members in Verizon Wireless in retail stores. Both in Brooklyn and in Massachusetts. 
And the shit they have on the table there is even worse than the shit they have on the table with the landline company. To help us out on today's topics, we have two great guests joining us. Jeff, why don't you introduce our guests and tell us a little bit about them? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that. First of all, we have Chuck Slagle, who's a consultant to the National Wireless Safety Alliance. He was with Sprint for 30 years, uh, responsible for safety and training. And we have Todd Slackaway. Uh, Todd, it's great to see you. Todd is the executive director over at uh, Nate. And I think the key point of today's show is that uh, over the last 18 to 24 months, Carla, you have seen a rise in tower climber fatalities, and you have seen the industry come really coming roaring to the table to say, hey, we need to improve the way we train our tower climbers and the way we attract new climbers to the industry. And uh, Nate and NWSA are, are a key part of that um, uh, addressing the key issues. Todd, welcome to Inside Telecom Careers. I'm going to start off with asking you, why was the NWSA created? Well, first of all, thank you, Carla and Jeff, for uh, RCR Wireless supporting this uh, program to uh, these topics. Uh, the NWSA was created um, because there's a, it was recognized early on that, that this industry does not have a national certification and, and assessment organization, excuse me, that, that essentially is a licensing organization. And the origin behind it was really when um, stakeholders from throughout the industry gathered in Dallas, Texas in October 2013 at a telecommunications industry safety summit. And uh, very early on in that summit, uh, this uh, discussion and topic rose to the forefront. And that is, this industry needs some sort of standardized assessment certification model in order to ensure that the uh, worker in Austin, Texas, or the worker in Kansas City, Missouri, who's trained at the same uh, worker category is capable and competent to perform the scope of work required of them. And all of us know this; these uh, skills are becoming more and more sophisticated every year as, as the technologies evolve on the tower. So uh, it's no different. I've been explaining it to people like, you know, if you want to be a nationwide truck driver, you need your CEL and that'll allow you to drive a truck in the United States. If you go to nursing school, after your formal schooling, what do you need to do? You need to go to take your nursing goals. And so that's what the NWSA is really focused on. It's the national assessment certification piece for different levels of workers in the industry after training occurs uh, for that company and for that worker. And Todd, can you tell us the relationship between Nate and the NWSA? You bet, Carla. Uh, First of all, they're two entirely separate legal entities. Uh, the NWSA has its own articles of incorporation, its own bylaws, obviously its own financial checking account. And, and so all of that is separate. What NAID is providing in the early formative stages of the National Wireless Safety Alliance is some initial administrative support to help get the NWSA off the ground we all know it's a startup organization. And so Nate is, is extremely committed to making sure that, that this organization and the certification programs that get to the marketplace are done according, accord, in accordance with ANSI accreditation. And so we're just providing a lot of the initial startup uh, administrative support uh, 
services to ensure that that happens. And uh, Chuck Slagle, who's on the call today, has been instrumental in this process, and he is handling a lot of the the day-to-day -day logistics of the National Wireless Safety Alliance. Well, Todd, you sent you sent over a uh, slide that talked about the NWSA's governance structure, and I'd like our team maybe to pull that slide up, and maybe can you talk about the role of the Board of Governors and the overall NWSA organization? Yeah, thanks for the question, Jeff. As a matter of fact, this morning, Chuck and the National Wireless Safety Alliance sent out an industry-wide press release to announce uh, the 28-member inaugural Board of Governors roster, and uh, it's, a, it's a group uh, filled with uh, experience and expertise at virtually all levels of the wireless industry chain. So there are carrier representatives on this board of governors. There are tower owner vertical realtors represented, OEMs, uh, large general contractors, small contractors, public safety. There's a government agency, the United States Forest Service is represented. There is uh, several field personnel, tower technicians represented, and uh, you know, everything in between. So we feel like uh, the diversity and makeup of this Board of Governors, Jeff, will really play well. And, 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 and it's essentially required when you're taking your programs through the ANSI accreditation process, you have to demonstrate that a diverse group of stakeholders and subject matter experts were involved in, in program development and test development. And, the Board of Governors will be playing a vital role in that process um, to help guide these programs through the accreditation process and then ultimately to the marketplace. Well, there's an impressive list of people you announced this morning. I think there were 25 to 30 people listed. You had tier one carriers, you had rural carriers, you had, uh, as you said, just a great mix of people. But I thought what was interesting is last month you announced a tower technician Board of Governors, and I'd like to pull up that slide. Uh, tell us about the two young men that are on this group and what's their role in the overall Board of Governors? Yeah, Jeff, the, the, it was extremely important for uh, everyone involved at the leadership level um, with the NWSA to have tower technician, field personnel represented on around the table on the Board of Governors. and. The two gentlemen that were ultimately selected, uh, Ed Owens from Broken Arrow Communications in Sacramento, California, and uh, Kevin Schmidt from Sioux Falls Tower and Communications in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, emerged from an applicant pool of 22 uh, power technician slash foreman applicants. So it was a very competitive process. Chuck ran the finalists through a, a, a field uh, questionnaire and a phone interview process. And both uh, the gentlemen that were selected uh, clearly demonstrated throughout the process, Jeff, that they are active on a daily basis in both field site operations and climbing. And so we thought it was very instrumental that, that those two seats are represented on the Board of Governors and have every bit as much voice as the, 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 the Tier 1 carrier seats and the vertical realtor seats. So we're excited about it and feel that they'll be able to lend uh, a valuable voice to the Board of Governors moving forward. Well, uh, this next question is for Todd Orchuk, and I want to focus on the announcement recently you made about partnering with the National Commission of um, uh, Crane Operators, NCCCO. 
so I think we've got a slide of their logo we can pop up. But um, why did you choose them, and, and what role will they be playing in the NWSA partnership? Yeah, Jeff, the NCCCO, National Commission for the Certification of Crane Operators, has been offering ANSI-accredited certification for 20 years in, uh, in a variety of construction trade industries, and they've done it very well. And there was, early on in this process, there was a governance working group created to explore different uh, certification models. And, and the group uh, kept coming back to the NCCCO model is the model that, that made the most sense for our niche industry that we're all in here. And, um, and so it ultimately was decided uh, to bring them to the table. And it turns out CCO offers program development and test administration services. So they have actually been retained by NWSA to uh, help take uh, the NWSA's various uh, certification programs through the uh, test development process and the uh, program development process. So we're pretty excited about it because, you know, it, it's the model that, that has been pegged as, as very successful. And uh, so why not bring them to the table if you want to emulate that model. And uh, Chuck has had some involvement. I'd like Chuck to elaborate on that a little bit as well. Probably the best thing to say about that would be, and by the way, thank you very much for having me, Jeff and Carla. Uh, NCCO is going to be the, the guidance to uh, certification for us. Right now, up, up till now, we've had a number of uh, industry uh, specialists uh, giving us their thoughts on what ought to be in it. And NCCO is going to tell us and give us, like Todd said, the path to certification. So we've been working on a number of, of uh, programs uh, for certification, but we're going to adopt some of theirs earlier uh, uh, or later this year, I'm sorry. Got it. Well, Chuck, uh, I didn't do your bio full justice. I'll just say you'd work with 30 years for Sprint. Can you maybe tell us about some of your specific roles at, at Sprint and then why you're attracted to this new role? Sure. Uh, I started as a, as a uh, degreed safety professional and I was with Sprint for 38 years in various levels of uh, the safety organization, uh, culminating basically 17 years as the director of environmental health and safety for uh, Sprint, both wireline and wireless. And at the peak of our organization, we had uh, about 42 people in our uh, EHS organization. So uh, quite a bit of experience on the, both the wireline and the wireless side. And most recently in the past, uh, I've been associated in my job with the construction uh, folks and uh, the legal folks putting together the contracts and, and doing due diligence against our contractors trying to ensure that we had a safe and, and uh, helpful work environment at Sprint. Got it. Well, uh, the, a lot of people don't realize how complex the wireless infrastructure ecosystem is. You start with the mobile operators, you have the tower owners, and then you have the system integrators who oftentimes are program management uh, role, play the program management role of a lot of regional uh, folks who actually do the, the uh, installation and maintenance of these towers. So, but my question is, what's the role of the mobile operators in the NWSA? 
Well, I think the role of the operators is, and I'll go back to what I had at Sprint. Uh, we we had an extensive program through a company called PIX uh, to try to determine who were the safe operators. Uh, there have been so many situations where you get untrained or un people that really shouldn't be out on a site. Uh, and we, we did a lot of due diligence, spent a lot of time with the lawyers and, and with PICs to do this uh, vetting of, of contractors. I, I believe this process for the carriers is going to be that we would be able to take uh, the, the language uh, from the contract and, and apply it to say, we would want to have certified individuals that are, have an NWSA certification uh, working on our job sites. Ultimately, uh, if you look at the, and, and the reason why we took NCCCO uh, and, and chose them is if you look a few years ago, uh, cranes were dropping all over. You were having problems in New York City, you were having problems with, with cranes tipping over and, and all kinds of cranes, tower cranes, uh, mobile cranes, uh, and, and they were having about 20 years ago about the same problem we've got. Uh, in the industry today, and they chose a path of certification. I think the carriers are going to be able to have a another tool in their toolbox, in addition to pre-qualification, that says we want to have that NWSA certified uh, operator on our site, so we know that it's a true professional and not somebody that just came off their truck. You know. Yeah. Well, I think Todd's analogy of truck drivers have national certification nurses have national certification and i think the industry is it's long overdue for us to have a national certification i'd like our team to maybe pull up the slide of the nwsa assessment and certification scenarios and maybe if you could just walk us through the different roles chuck well i think in uh well i'd say later this year we're going to look at ncco they have some classes right now a signal person is very uh, much a, uh, a blend with, with ours. If you're working with a crane or a tower company and, and we all have the same signals, uh, we're in, in sync. Uh, rigging, another, another big thing that's is pretty uh, ubiquitous among the groups. Uh, so we're hoping to, with NCCO, uh, late fall this year uh, to, to roll out our first certifications for those types of things. Later on a progressive role, um, in 2016, as, as you just said, we have just laid, uh, identified our uh, Board of Governors. And the Board of Governors has not seen our tentative plan. Uh, between NCCO, Board of Governors, there's a lot of things that have to be done, but our timetable right now is to put together a certification for a tower telecommunications tower tech one and a tele, tower tech two a telecommunications tower tech two those will be the first certifications that we're going to try to roll out sometime in 16. under development where you have however uh some foreman level uh certifications we've got the antenna and line foreman uh being developed or in the in the basic uh, architectural outline stage. Uh, we've got a structural modification foreman uh, outline that we'd like to do and stacking uh, foreman that we would like to do. Now these came about 
from a meeting last summer in uh, Florida where we asked uh, the industry representatives that came to our uh, wireless telecommunications industry uh, meeting uh, what they thought was the priority. And that's where those lists of, of priorities for certification came from, from the individual professionals in the industry. And Chuck, what other specific deliverables can our readers expect to see this year as well as in 2016? Yeah, I think we actually have another slide that we're going to pop up right now that uh, shows some of the future programs. Okay. Yeah, I, like I said, uh, we, we hope to uh, get the NCCO certification out uh, this year of signal person and, and rigor, and then followed in 2016 the, the telecommunications tower technician one and tower technician two. Uh, those will be the first certifications that we'll have. Uh, then we'll have a uh, card. Once they're certified, we'll, they'll carry a card, which uh, will certify uh, and, and then a, a subsequent uh, backup to that would be any employer would be able to identify from a QR code on the back, they take their phone and check it and their certifications would come up on a nationwide database. Got it. And Todd, how will the NWSA work with the PCIA and the TIRAP program? Great question, Carla, and, it, and it's a good point uh, I'm here to clarify. There is a lot of questions in the industry right now about you know, all of these great organizations and programs, uh, the synergies that may exist between the organizations. Um, what I will tell you is, first of all, all of these organizations and entities are focused on um, higher level skill level for the industry workforce and a safer and more highly quality level of build out. And so there are a lot of synergies that exist. Uh, you know, there's several members of the NWSA Board of Governors who are also involved on the TIRAP board. Uh, there are several uh, committee members who will ultimately be on an NWSA committee who's gonna be on uh, a TIRAP committee. So I like the synergies that exist and that's gonna help the collaboration moving forward. What I would say the important distinction to make between the, the, the organizations is NWSA is exclusively focused on national assessment and certification. Uh, NWSA is not a training organization, nor is it developing training programs. The NWSA will focus on the, the assessments and offering certification after the training is done. And so TIRAP is going to be a, a, a much needed training pathway for the industry to choose when, when, when the TIRAP program really gets out into the marketplace. And the leadership on TIRAP has done a, a great job uh, pooling together you know, what they believe is a solid training pathway for companies in the industry to choose. And so from the NWSA's perspective, you know, it, it's been drilled in our mind through our work with NCCCO that you cannot be both the training provider and the certifier. If you want a, a, a nationwide ANSI accredited organization and offer ANSI accredited certification programs, there has to be a firewall between the training that goes on and the third party uh, assessment certification services. And so the NWSA is exclusively focused on the assessment certification piece. And uh, you know we support 
multiple training pathways that are that are available in the industry. You have private training companies, you have a lot of companies that do their own internal training, and then you have more and more community colleges offering training in the industry. And then the tie wrap, I really believe, is going to be an outstanding training pathway for the industry to choose from that, that will ultimately help uh, accomplish all of our goals that we all have. And that's, again, a safer and more qualified workforce where build outs are done right the first time. You don't have to send Tiger teams back to, to, to redo a, a network installation project that was done improperly. So I, I think all of these synergies coming together at once uh, bodes well for the future of the industry. Well, Todd, thank you for that uh, clarification. That it, it, just to drive the point home, Nate is the assessment certification group. There's a firewall between NWSA's role in certification well, assessment and the actual training. Um, but not Nate. I'm sorry. The NWSA is just the, uh, and I joke with people at a recent conference, this industry has a lot of acronyms, and now we're giving the industry another one with NWSA. So. It's just something that we all need to know. But yeah, NWSA is exclusively kind of the national umbrella licensing organization. And um, we're, we're not and cannot be involved with training. Got it. What are, what are your thoughts about apprenticeships in the industry? Well, I, and I can let Chuck elaborate on this as well, but you know, I think apprenticeships are good because in our industry is so unique, Jeff. You know, you know it's in a lot of industries, you, you go through an application, an interview process, and you start day one and you're, you, you're, you're starting in your scope of work. In our industry, you know, you not only need to be trained in the fundamental courses of, uh, you know, fall protection and RF safety and first aid CPR, AED, rescue techniques. You also need to have, you should be paired with a veteran uh, foreman or, or technician, really the first year or two when you're on the job. And because there is so much to learn, the work is becoming more and more sophisticated. And uh, so I think the apprenticeship model certainly is valuable because what it does is it pairs the entry level workers and the inexperienced workers with a, with a, with a mentor, so to speak, who can help cultivate their skill level um, while they're on the job. Got it. Well, Chuck, any comments on the apprenticeship? If, if you don't have any other comments, we can kind of maybe talk about how folks can get involved with NWSA. What do they do? Well, I think the best way would be to, uh, first of all, visit our website. It explains a lot of the things that Todd has just explained, and, and uh, this is where we're going to issue uh, the press releases about every two weeks, and you can keep up with uh, the current activity and where we're at with the with the whole certification process. And that is nws-a.org. And that would be the best way for anyone to keep in touch with, uh, with that. There's also a link on there if they have any questions to uh, contact us. And it's the same address, nwsa at uh, nwsa-a.org. Thank you, Chuck. 
Well, thank you so much for our guests, Todd Schleckaway and Chuck Slagle, for joining us on today's episode of Inside Telecom Careers. For more information or to check more RCR TV, head on over to our website, rcrwireless.com. To check out more of our episodes, tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. Central Time. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. Inside Telecom Careers is a production of RCR TV News. To reach Jeff Mucci or to suggest a show topic for Inside Telecom Careers, you can reach him at jmucci at rcrwireless.com. For all telecom-related news and information, please visit rcrwireless.com. To connect with the industry's top talent, please visit telecomcareers.net.